Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller. And we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Another great, beautiful, sunny uh, Florida Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday morning. I don't know any other adjectives I could add there. It's another beautiful day. How are things up in Buffalo? It's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Did you hear me say that? Buffalo yeah. is 80 oh, yeah. and sunny and no wind. Let's go play. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's unusual. That's an anomaly in Buffalo. <laughs> All right. It is. We got a great show for you this morning. Uh, yeah. Um, we got a great show this morning, everybody. We're going to be joined a a little bit later on uh, by our very special guest, Gail Graham. She's an LPGA teaching and club professional and also a player on the Legends Tour. And uh, um, I know things are a little quiet right now, but uh, we'll talk to her a little bit about that as well. Uh, but first, we're going to enter the no BS. And uh, we've got a great discussion for this morning. But let me just remind everybody that the Women of Golf is brought to you by iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Golf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. Uh, Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, uh, offering insightful uh, reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top PGA and LPGA teaching professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So go today at golftipsmag.com. All right, Cindy, I thought uh, an interesting, you know, since we're kind of having a, a, a late go, if you will, uh, with the golf season that it might be a good opportunity for, um, you know, we were just talking off air and I was asking, you were saying that you were really, really busy um, every day with, with people coming up lessons and, and uh, you know, you're experiencing a lot of first timers, if you will, uh, to the game. So I thought this would be a great discussion uh, on the OPS zone is your first trip to the golf course, what you need to know. And this is going to be part one of uh, two parts because there's a lot of stuff to cover. And I thought what we would, is, um, you know, talk a little bit about some of the things that people need to do to get ready, um, some things um, that we can do to help them out to get ready for that first experience. Um, so, you know, your first experience uh, with any new acti- activity uh, can be intimidating. We, we know that for sure. And that goes whether it be a bus, uh, whether you salsa dance or, or something along that lines or some other aerobic class um, or just a regular routine. Sometimes if you've never done that before, you're going there to uh, work with an instructor and of course a round of golf so for those of us who have been playing uh golf uh, our whole lives we can take you know the little nuances that uh that go into the day so uh, here are a few things that we're going to talk about 
And the first one, Cindy, really is, are you ready for the golf? And uh, I'm, I'm going to put in a couple of sub-questions, and then we'll sort of pick them apart a little bit. Um, am I able to commit and make a swing without needing more than 20, 30 seconds to set up? So in other words, can I get there uh, and, and get committed to the shot? Am I making contact consistently and not hitting it off the club hosel regularly or whiffing the ball altogether? Uh, am I able to get the ball airborne with an assortment of clubs in my bag, uh, or am I struggling with some? Uh, am I reasonably comfortable pitching and chipping shots around the green? And have I practiced a variety of short game and bunker shots, including from various lies and slopes? So let's kind of go back up the list a little bit. And really, the first one really talks about what sort of a pre-shot routine they might have. And obviously, for a new person uh, sending you to the game, they don't really want one. And this is where we can we can sort of help them. So what do we want to try? What, we, what do we want them to accomplish um, when they're going to get over the ball each and every time that we want them to do. Okay, so here's my opinion. If you don't know what you're doing, because we did this with um, 12 kids the other day, and we've been giving them, they've had two one-hour group lessons, and during those lessons we taught them how to hit the ball 25 yards on purpose. And how to hit it straight, airborne, clean, all that stuff. Then we took them over to the green, and then we said, okay, now you've got to make this ball stop on the green from 25 yards away. And I don't know that people understand the feel and the finesse and the technique that needs to go into the thought process to be able to produce a golf shot. So I suggest that if you can find a short par 3 golf course, that's where you should start, not on a regulation golf course. And I would start hitting the ball 25 or 50 yards. So you may believe that it's a waste of money when you go to the short part three golf course to hit the ball from, let's say, 25 to 50 yards for nine holes. But that's the best way for you to start so that you can understand what the game right. is. I, I believe. Otherwise, it's Lash LaRue trying to kill the ball, can't find the ball, taking forever, holding up all the groups behind you. Everyone wants to shoot you. The ranger comes out and kicks you off the golf course. You never want to play golf again. So, in my opinion, you need to know, okay, what club will I hit from 25 or 50 yards away? How will I hit the shot? How do I aim the face? Because some people are taught to aim your shoulders. You can't aim your shoulders. You have to aim the face. So there's so many tiny little details that go into hitting a shot a certain distance on purpose. And I think if you understand that mm -hmm. and you learn the game from the, the shortest part out, you'll enjoy it more. You'll score better. It'll cost you less in golf balls. That's my belief. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's a really smart play, especially for somebody that's never played before because, you know, unless they've got some inborn natural talent, they're not likely going to hit the ball very well anyways. So the shorter the distance that you've, you've set yourself up for to hit it, the, the easier it is that you're going to be able to pick it up. And in other words, you're not taking a full swing every time. You're just taking a part swing. But what that also does is that actually as you – progress and become more confident and you're making better and cleaner contact even on those short shots what happens is then when you 
you know, you start to progress and get into a fuller shot, you've already got the basics and the understanding down. And, and I agree with that. I think that very, very smart uh, play to do that is, is to start at the, at the short end of the, of the game, if you will, from the green back. Um, you know, too many times we see players that they're on the driving, you know, or practice tee, and they're just trying to, you know, work on these different shots and, and so forth. And especially as a beginner, um, you know, just learn to, to and, and also too, Cindy, just to add a little bit, I think it adds confidence for the player as well. You know, when they're able to, to get it on the green from 25 yards or even 50 yards out on a consistent basis, that gives them confidence and they feel good about it. And then they can go out there and they can putt out, um, which helps work on other parts of the short game. And if they don't quite get it on that first hit, then they've got a good opportunity to work on, you know, their little chip shots and stuff around the green. So you're kind of getting the best of, of both worlds. So I, I agree with that as well. And to go to your point that you said, you know, about aiming the club face, that's so crucial. I mean, I don't know how many people I see them and, you know, they got the club across and they're, they're focusing on where their shoulders are pointing and then they put the club down and the club face is pointing in a different direction. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, no, you need to do it the other way around. You need to get the club face lined up where you want it to go and then align your body according to that. And um, so there's a lot of things, um, you know, really, uh, and, and that helps you. And once you get that down pat, then what ultimately happens is then you're much quicker when you get over to the ball and, and you're not taking a minute or two minutes every time getting over each shot because now you've built some confidence up, but also you understand the steps that you need to do to get there. And that goes into, and that adds to really the next point, Cindy, and we don't really need to cover that, is, you know, whether you're hitting it, um, you know, or, or with the ball, as, as we sometimes put it, um, we want to be able to get the ball airborne, as you said, and you want to be able to do that consistently with all of your clubs, um, you know, at some point. So I, I agree with that. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, as I said, we can work on some of the other short game. And, and just to close that little part out, um, you know, if you answered no, the questions I mentioned earlier, um, then you definitely need more practice and you definitely want to connect with somebody, you know, like Cindy or myself or, or many professionals out there and get some lessons. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's no shame in getting out there and, and working on uh, your game with somebody that has a trained eye to, you know, really know what to look out for. Um, agree? Totally agree. Yeah. You have to get some lessons so you know what you're doing. Uh, again, most yeah. beginners, the, so the ball tries to win, and when you're new to the game, you try to hit the ball, and when you've played the game for a long time, you try to control where the ball goes. But the ball mm-hmm. is the enemy. So you need to know what you're <laughs> doing with the club so that you can tell the ball what to do. And if you do that, everything changes, and you can play way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and I know you've already touched on this, but you know, the other is how to pick the right golf course to play as a beginner. Um, you know, there's a lot of great short uh, par three courses out there. And I, I really agree with what you said. Um, and, and if you don't have one, you know, there, there are other options that you can, that you can choose, but I, I think that's a, that's a great way. And that, and that's how I learned to play the game. I didn't go, you know, my, my father who, you know, I've mentioned before is, is the one me to play, you know, he didn't take me out to the country club. Um, he took me to the par three course and he said, this is where we're going to learn the game. And I actually enjoy it. To be honest, I enjoyed it at the time. I enjoyed it more than the, than the country club because it was very, for me as a young boy, it was very intimidating with all these people sitting out in the deck and, 
you know, right at the first tee and they're overlooking the patio and they're watching everybody hit. So for me, the par three, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a great way. I think if you're going to get out and, and work on things, um, it, it's going to be much easier and less intimidating. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And it's more fun. I mean, you have immediate success yeah. and you, and you learn to understand. So I had these kids keep track of if they hit the green from 25 yards away and um, how many putts they had and what they scored. And they had to shoot 36 for nine holes. And no offense, but some of them, five and six putted. They had no idea what feel is. So now, clearly, as they watch everyone else play, they now know what they have to work on. We don't need to even discuss it. You know, they can see where their weaknesses are, and then they'll be better this week when we go out to play. So that's what I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's again that's some great uh some great points to raise up because you know again you you you've got to you know golf is not an easy game. We know that as as you know instructors and people in the industry. It is not an easy game. It's not like, you know, just picking up a ball and and you know bouncing it on the pavement or what have you. Um you know, there's there is a skill to it, but you can learn it and it's amazing how easy it can become if number one you have the right tools, um mean your your equipment and uh, particularly, you know, um, that you get fitted properly. And, and you don't necessarily have to do that right from the get-go. I mean, obviously, we know it's, it's a little bit more of an investment, um, but you have to have the right tools. But more importantly, you have to work with somebody that is trained to give you the, the, the other tools, if you will, the skill set um, to be able to understand what, what you need to do out in the golf course. And then it's up to you. You have to go out and you practice that. I mean, we can teach and tell you what you need to do, but if you're just going to, Okay, well, that was a great lesson, and then you don't pick up the club until the next time. That that's just not going to cut it. You're not going to improve, and unfortunately, that's what many people do. Another area, Cindy, it might seem very simple, but you'd be surprised at, especially for for newbies to the game that have never played before, never you know had the experience of driving up, and and that is something as simple as tee time. Um, a lot of people, you know, the first timers always ask that question: Well, how do I do that? What do I need to do? And you know, who do I speak with? And uh, some courses, depending on what their, their policies are, um, sometimes you don't even have to. They're not required. Um, I would strongly suggest it because, you know, they fill up pretty quick. Um, but uh, I've been in situations where, you know, you've gone to the golf course and you, you know, especially as a single, and you can get plunked in with a, a twosome or a threesome. So um, you, you definitely want to, don't want to be driving across, to, you know, the area and, and showing up and there's nothing available. Um, weekends obviously are typically busier. Um, but, um, there are a couple of ways to do this. If you're confident you've done it, um, Cindy, you know, you can pick up the phone and you can call the, the pro shop. Um, or, or if you know a pro that works at, of course, you know, uh, somebody like yourself, um, they can kind of walk you through the process. They can get you in touch with, um, you know, the right people that you need to, and, and kind of point you in that direction. Uh, and there's also, you know, online booking now has made it so easy golf now and, and some other great apps out there that you can get to to book those tee times as well. But that's again, you'd be surprised at how many people something is what would seem simple as that they haven't got a clue what the process is. Would would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and you know, it even goes beyond that. Um, and we're going to talk about you know here. Well, is once you've booked your tee time. 
and uh, you know maybe it's for this upcoming weekend as an example, and now you're ready to to check in. This is an, <laughs> this is the one, and I guarantee it's and you've seen it many many times over your career. Um, but you've booked your tea time for let's say 1:20 p.m. And what do you do? You pull into the parking lot at 1:20 p.m. Um, well, you're late. Um, cut and dry, you're late. You need to be. You know they can't offer. Most golf course can't offer grace periods um, like restaurant reservations. Tea times are typically six to ten minutes apart. Uh, when the group ahead of you is teed off, the starter expects you ready uh, to jump in on the tee uh, and be prepared. So arriving, you know, at the golf course for a tee time 15 minutes early is about as close as you can cut it. Um, I, I recommend at least 30 minutes before to give you some some time to, to warm up. What do you normally recommend for your students when you're talking to them? 45 minutes to an hour. Just yep. so you're not rushing. Yep. You need to be uh, at your tee time 10 minutes before you tee off. Yeah, I, I would agree. And you, you'd be surprised how fast that 45 minutes to an hour zips by. Think of that and say, well, that's an hour. I mean, I don't need to be there that early. Yes, you do. Because by the time you get your stuff loaded up, by the time you drop your bag off um, or get it you know, checked in, so on and so forth, and then want to have a few minutes to get out there and maybe on the on the practice green and do some putting and chipping and maybe even hit a few shots out in the range if they've got a good uh, close practice facility um, just to warm up. And you'd be surprised um, in order to get back and be ready, you know, 10 minutes before your time. Because the other thing, too, which people, Cindy, don't really um, factor in is sometimes if, if, a, if there's a no-show or a group is playing, you know, groups are playing ahead a little faster than, than expected, um, just because your tee time's 120 doesn't mean that the starter's not going to come and say, hey, okay, if you're ready to go, you know, we've got an opening here. It might be 10 minutes early. And, you know, um, so you want to be in that position, um, you know, to, to be ready and to be prepared. Because if you're showing well, up, right, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. If you get there early and you've been working all day, you don't want to speed in the parking lot, whip out of the car, and run to the mm-hmm. first tee because you're not the first three holes right. are going to be terrible. So you kind of want to go, okay, yep. I'm out on the golf course, take a deep breath. I want to feel my swing. You have to shift states. You know what I mean? You have to feel right. what am I doing here. You have to pay attention to the task at hand. So. In my opinion, uh, you need to definitely take a chill pill. Yeah, and and exactly. If you're, especially if you're, you know, booking a later tea time in the day, and you know, day at the office or or at your your place of business, and now suddenly you you've got an opportunity to to, to get even nine in, um, maybe towards the end of the day. The last thing you want to do is be right, like you said, rushing from the car and, and running to the first tee. Um, you know, first off, you're going to be a little winded. Secondly, you're not going to be prepared. Um, and then you're rushing the process. Now, all of a sudden, your, your tempo and your timing is now out of whack. Instead of, you know, approaching it, um, you know, maybe you're, you're kind of like a Freddie Couples where you're, you're kind of a slow and easy type personality. Now, all of a sudden, you're like a Nick Price. You're, you're you know, fidgety. You're, you know, and, and I'm just throwing those players an example. I'm not saying that as a criticism, but, but you know what I'm talking about, right, Cindy? I mean, you get there, and now suddenly your rhythm, your body rhythm is actually out of sync. And that's crucial because 
if you're if you're going at a quicker pace than you normally would, then going back to what we talked about earlier, you're not going to be uh, as prepared, number one, but also you're going to be in a position where you're not going to go through your routine. And I've seen, I don't know how many times I've seen that where people show up late for their, for their tea time. And instead of, you know, taking a, a you know, a, a proper practice swing and, and really thinking about what they're going to do, more often what they'll do is they'll just grab a ball and a tee in the club and they'll run up to the tee and they'll place it. And they might take a real quick pass swing and boom, the next thing you know, they've just sliced it into the woods or they've duck hooked it into the pond or what have you. You've seen that, I'm sure, many, many times, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. yes. I mean, yes. Yes. So, again, it, I, you know, you just have to know why am I here? What do I want to do? How am I going to get it? And just if you're going to go play golf, block off the time so that you have plenty of time to go do what you're supposed to do. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it, it's really not as difficult as people, you know, make it out to be. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, what to wear to the golf course. Um, dress codes, you know, Cindy, maybe you can touch a little bit about that for women. I mean, you've seen lots of different scenarios where women will show up to the golf course. And, you know, for the most part, they, they look you know, pretty nice, but um, I'm sure there's been a few along the ways that are maybe inappropriate. Um, they're not, it's not the right attire for the golf course for a number of reasons. One, it's again, maybe it's even inappropriate in some cases, or it's not going to be comfortable because you have to have movement. You have to be, you know, you can't have things that are so tight and restricted um, that you're not going to be able to, to complete the golf swing. And, um, you know, there are other factors involved. Maybe you can just touch a little bit about what you recommend to your players, um, um, male or female, really, uh, what they wear to the golfers. What's what's sort of acceptable? Well, and what's what not. I would do is I would go to the website of the co- course you're going to be playing, and or let's say you're invited to a corporate outing, I would mm-hmm. ask the the person that's running the event. You know, what's the dress code for the country club? What's the dress code for the day? Are we going to change clothes for dinner? Are we going to, you know, do you bring a change of clothes and take a shower in the locker room? What, you know, what's the itinerary for the day and what does it look like? Now, if you're not playing in a corporate outing and you're just going to a course for the first time ever and they don't have a dress code on their website, I would call the pro shop because you just need to be aware that they, you know, you may have to wear a collared shirt. I played at Wingfoot, you know, way back when. And I had shorts on. Shorts were not allowed. I had to go in the pro shop and buy a skirt. Now, right. I was like, what? Well, don't argue. This is their rule. You know? Right. You've got to do what they tell you. Right. And, right. And, they, and they do that, obviously, is they, they want a, is sort of a continuity. And, and, and you know, here's a, sort of a rule of thumb that I always try to do. You know, a lot of your municipal courses or your pitch and putts sometimes um, typically aren't really as, in, you know, enforcing much in terms of dress code. Uh, especially these days. Um, but, you know, as a news player, uh, again, you, you want to recommend to them that they sort of blend in with proper golf attire. So for men, that means wearing a collared shirt. Um, I know that some courts are a little more lax on that now, tucked in, you know, to a pair of slacks or shorts. And, uh, again, you want to, uh, you know, I, I've even seen some men that walk out there with shorts that are so tight they can hardly, you know, uh, bend over to pick the ball up. And, you know, they might think it's it's looks cool and whatnot, but the truth of the matter is it's not very, um, 
you know, it's not very conducive to to uh, to the you know the task of the day. And the same thing on on women's uh, dress code. You know, reach out um, you know to uh, the pro shop if you're if you're unsure of what uh, you know what's acceptable. Um, you know, there's uh, some courses now obviously do allow shorts. The skirts are okay. Uh, skirts, you know, which is sort of a combination, uh, are good. But the other thing is. Um, even with women's fashion, particularly, you've got to be really particular because there are some situations, and you know, I think we all understand what I'm talking about, where it is extremely inappropriate. The, the shorts and or the skirts and whatnot are extremely short, and um, you know, it, it's it's <laughs> unfortunately it's not uh, it's not something you want to wear. And I think people understand. I don't even need to get into it, but you're right. You know, if you're unsure, uh, visit the website of the course that you're playing. Again, more of your country clubs or uh, even some of your resorts may have a little bit further restrictions, so you want to check with them ahead of time. Uh, especially if you're planning on a trip, you want to know what's uh, male or female on their course. Again, some of your municipal or uh, some of your lesser well-known um, um, facilities uh, may be a little bit more lax. In fact, in some cases, especially up north, even denim now is becoming uh, an acceptable. They're trying to fit in. I've seen people with... with um, uh, you know, not flip-flops, but, you know, kind of those open-toed uh, flops or whatever you want to call them. So, I mean, there's even some that are doing that. They're trying to be more inclusive, um, but it doesn't hurt to uh, to check into that. Um, the other thing is what and what not to bring. Um, obviously, you know, um, if you're somebody that owns some clubs or has access to clubs, um, you're allowed 14 in the bag. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have to bring 14 as a new player. You might want to bring just half of uh, half the bag, seven clubs, uh, or in some cases you might even just want to bring a wood, maybe a, a middle iron, a, a wedge, and a, and a putter. Uh, but you can also rent them uh, as well. Um, what are some things, you know, Cindy, that you can think of? I've got a few here that we can talk about, but what not to bring, sort of what you leave at home. What are some things that you don't need to bring um, to play golf? A uh, six pack of beer. <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> that was the first one. Well, again, people might alcohol. think I'm going camping, you know, and and you know they there's signs at courses. I mean, especially if you're going to a private club. Oh my goodness, don't do that. Uh, wear sneakers if you don't have golf shoes. Wear sneakers, and don't bring right. a cooler of stuff. You can put some snacks right. in your golf bag but yeah you know what they should do yeah, they no, should go to amazon and buy cindy miller's golf 101 book <laughs> it tells them all this stuff right so exactly and and that's a great thing you know you're right and and you know alcohol is one i mean there are some courses not very many but some courses where they may uh you know permit you to to you know to bring your own uh stuff and and um, like that, but most of them won't because obviously they're they're trying to you know get you to to purchase something from the cart uh, uh, cart girl or what have you. Um, so that's one. The other thing, real quick, and, and we're getting close to our time, but um, you know a lot of new golfers, uh, you know when they've been out the practice range, think, well, you know I'm going to save a little money here. I'm going to stuff my the bag full of range balls. Uh, not a good idea. Um, more than likely, if you get caught, um, you're going to get uh, either. If you're lucky, you'll get scolded a little bit. More than likely, you'll get kicked off the, the property. Um, they they perceive that as stealing, 
and uh, most of them, unless they really know you real well, uh, you know, and I mean, people say, well, it's just range balls, but you know what? That costs money. It costs the course money and they got to keep replacing. And I know there's people that do it because I've seen people, you know, um, pulling them out when they have to hit over a pond or something and they don't want to, you know, lose a, a $4 Titleist Pro V1. So they pull out an old range ball they've got kicking around and, you know, I always look to see where they've stolen from, but, you know, um, so, you know, those are things to, to, um, you know, to, to consider as well. And even though, believe it or not, I never thought I would say this, but um, some places I'm sure do, dogs are typically not allowed at public courses, um, though that that's starting to um, something that some places are, are trying to accommodate, much like hotels and so forth. But um, so, you know, leave the pets at home. Uh, you'll see them after you round. Go there with, the, with an open mind and an open spirit. Seek out your local golf professional and connect with them. Have a conversation with them and say, look, I'm interested in learning this game. What are some things that I need to do? And Cindy, you can let them know. Um, again, um, you've got a great book, um, Golf 101. How can they get their hands on it? Because it really has some of what we talked about and so much more. If you're really wanting to learn this game, it's a great read. Um, where can they go and get their hot little hands on a copy? You know what? They should just email me. Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. And they can get it cheaper from me. Perfect. There you go. Look at that. You can save a little bit of money. All right. Well, that was an OBS zone. We're glad that uh, you tuned in for that. And, and next week, we'll talk about some other things as well. So for those of you that are making your first trip this year uh, to the golf course, uh, some things that you might need to know before you head out there. So we talked about a little bit. We'll talk about some more in part two uh, next week. All right. We're joined by our very special guest, Cindy uh, Gail Graham. She is an LPGA uh, teaching and club professional and also uh, has played on the Legends Tour. Uh, whether she is practicing, playing, watching, teaching, or coaching, uh, Gail sees the game as an opportunity for learning, personal growth, and most importantly, fun. A three-letter word that everybody wants to get out and do these days is have some fun. Uh, her 44-plus years of playing golf and 30-plus years as a professional culminated in her being inducted into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame in 2018. Uh, she's a two-time LPGA Tour winner with over 1.23, uh, 1.2 excuse me, million in career earnings, and also has a victory on the Symmetra or uh, formerly Futures Tour, and at the Canadian PGA Women's Championship. She is also a member of the P, uh, the British Columbia and Manitoba Golf Halls of Fame. Uh, she was uh, president of the LPGA Tour in 2001 and 2002, the first non-American and she was the president of the LPGA Tournament Owners Association uh, also for seven years. So, um, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest uh, back to the show. She was on a few years ago, uh, Gail Graham. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Greetings from hot and steamy Naples, Florida. <laughs> uh, I bet it's really <laughs> hot there. It's actually, you know, today is the humidity down. Um, we've had, we had a nice little storm last night that blew out the humidity and, um, you know, up until probably two o'clock this afternoon, it'll be hot, but, um, actually quite pleasant. A nice little breeze blowing. I know it's about 80 degrees right now. It's not too bad. Awesome. Perfect. Why are you staying in Florida? Are, are you going to Canada? What are you doing? Well, I, uh, interestingly, you know, t- today happens to be my mom's 90th birthday. So I'm totally bummed <gasps> I'm not in Kelowna, British Columbia for that um but uh with the borders being closed 
Um, I can cross into Canada, but I will not, would not likely be able to come back into the U.S. because what I do is not necessarily considered essential. <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm here. Um, and, and I'm teaching every other week down here in the mornings um, and having a good time doing that. Um, getting a little, you know, kayaking and a and, uh, little home improvement happening, but um, still keeping uh, myself sharp with teaching. With I'm actually just standing watching a, a student that I have uh, after we're done getting all warmed up. Well, good. <laughs> and bad. Yeah. Yeah, same thing here. <laughs> yeah. We can't go over the border either unless you have family, close family. Yeah. Um, well, and it's been, it's been and an I think they're going to raise it. Yeah, when are they going to change it? July? It was uh, uh, end of July. They push it till the end of July now, but we'll see. Um, I'll tell you that um, I have two uh, emergency room doctors in my family, and they both work in Vancouver, and um, they're figuring it's going to be before the end of the year before BC gets back to normal. Now, I will tell you, BC has had less than maybe 2,000 cases in all of British Columbia. Mm. So they've done a phenomenal job of, of, you know, managing to control everything. And golf is open. Um, they're just not allowing travel in and out. So uh, it, it's it's a it's a just a it's a new world we're living in. Um, unfortunately, it's going to keep people from moving around and traveling too much up there. But they've done a great job of containing it in Canada. Mm. Yeah. How sad. Wow. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Uh, it's it's interesting though. You've, you, I've had to be quite resourceful in in teaching. Um, I know Cindy, you're much like me, or I'm much like you. Is we're hands on, and so teaching has become a step back and don't touch your students type of thing now. So right, um, it's so I've given weird. I'm like, like, all right, watch me. <laughs> yeah, God. yeah. I'm using I'm using video a lot more that I'm taking of them during and then sending it to them afterwards to to reinforce what we've talked about because I you know, can't get in there and move their hands around. And uh, so I'm showing them what, what their before and afters are looking like. And, um, and I've, I've got, um, I imported from Canada something called a cap shield. That is a, a, a acrylic um, a shield that clips onto my uh, baseball cap or my golf hat, so that it covers right down below my chin and around the sides of my face so I can see them and they can see me and I don't have to wear a mask when it's so hot. It does fog up every now and then while I'm out here, but um, <laughs> it'll, it at least allows me to slip into, you know, close to six feet and then back back out again um, without absolutely dying and my face breaking out like a teenage kid with acne. Um, so... Um, it's a bit of a challenge, and, and um, what I've found, though, is students are very receptive to the fact that they, at least they're out there, they're learning stuff, and we do have to stay away. Golf is, is great that way. Um, it's, it's a solitary sport, so we can go ahead and, and step back away and, um, and still be effective in what we're doing. Well, I'm impressed, darling, as usual. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. Um. So, so Gail, let me ask hi, you. Obviously, you, you, <laughs> hi, how are you doing, Gail? Yes, yeah. I was, I was sitting patiently, letting you guys get caught up and and say your hellos and whatnot, and and um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sitting in the wings here, just waiting. So, let me ask you something, Gail. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about teaching and some of the adjustments that you've had to make. Um, 
and and also again you know being able to play out in the golf course for for many of our our, our students um is is really we're very blessed to have the sport that that we we do because you're right unlike so many others where you can't get out there right now golf has been one of the few that that you can and um so so that's been a bonus to 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 everybody that's in the industry um what do you do with your golf business typically when we were just talking in in a, in a previous um segment uh, about first time golfers people that have never played before mm-hmm. the very first time to the golf course how do you what what mm-hmm. process do you walk them through when they're um you know when you're first greeting them they've reached out to you and they say hey you know what i've never played this game and i really don't know what to do um where do i start how do i begin what what's the process walk us through that that conversation that you have with your students you know, I have a lot of that. Um, I am at a club, um, Esplanade uh, Naples, that um, is a predominantly retired people, newly retired people. And so they've bought this beautiful home in this lovely community, and, and there's a golf course available to them. So they're like, hmm, I think I'm going to play. I've never played before. So I get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, one of the, the first thing that I like to do is just really interview them and find out what other sports they've played. What, and and it, it helps me to understand not only um, how they relate to sport, but what they, what their, their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions are with other sports. You know, some sports relate beautifully to golf and others not so much. So um, if, if mm-hmm. someone's active in sports, then you can talk to them about, you know, uh, uh, an athletic setup and, and being on the right. balls of their feet, you know, as opposed to standing like a statue and freaking out because there's a ball there and, and swinging through the ball to the target. And, um, but, you know, just, just beginning just to find out where are they, you know, where, where, where is, the, are they a true beginner or they haven't done it? And, and athletically, of course, at, at 50 and older, you also have to figure out, okay, are there, are there, are there new parts? Do we have new knees and hips? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what do we have to work with right. here in terms of the body? Um, and then it becomes a process of just trying to, to, have them swing as naturally as possible. So we, the key, and I really stress the key being your setup. So going through a process to make sure you set up the same each time, no matter what club you have in your bag, um, you know, stressing that the two things that are going to change are your ball position and your distance from the ball, but everything else stays pretty much the same. So when they understand that, they, they're not trying to maneuver themselves into an awkward position to hit a driver as opposed to hitting a pitching wedge. Um, and I start you know, basics with, with uh, posture, the width of their stance, mm-hmm. you know, how they're setting up. I use Cindy Miller's um, po- for posture. You know, you want to puke just a little bit, not don't get it on your shoes. <laughs> Tip over just far enough, and uh, which gets a big laugh out of everybody all the time. But, you know, just trying to get beginners to understand that it's, it's, a, it's a game where you, you play. It's not about standing here and being perfect all the time. Um, I actually right. like to get them to get out on the golf course fairly early. Once they understand how they're going to hold on to the golf club and how they're going to stand, let's get out there and let's just go play it before we start getting technical. Um, then I can also see how they're going to naturally swing the golf club. Um, although as soon as you put a ball there, when you look at someone taking a practice swing and how beautiful practice swings are, as soon as you put a ball there, it changes everything. So right. I like to do that to get them to understand that and feel that and then start to work with them and okay, okay, we, this needs to improve. We need to make sure you do this the same every time. And it's, it, a lot of it is very remedial with new, with new students. Um, I have a few that refuse to practice 
So it, we have an understanding that it's going to be basics every time. But then I have this, this lady who's warming up today. She practices every day, and she works on it. Like, it's not just to go out there and whack golf balls, although I just hear, saw her whack two shots that I think when she figures out that I'm sitting back here, she's going to hurry up and fix it. But, um, <laughs> you know, every shot has a purpose, and so you want to, make, you want to have intention with everything that you make. And um, there are so many aspects that beginners get overwhelmed with. So as simple as you can make it, the better it is. So I want them to, to be comfortable yeah. in their setup, but it to be something that is repeatable. And then I want them to swing as naturally as possible. And then we can work on that. We can work on the club path. We can work on, um, you know, the angle of attack. We, all the things that as professionals and as a player that I know, but I try to forget about, I just try to make it happen. Um, but there's, there's a, you know, too much is too much is too much. Um, I also, with beginners, I think you, you have to have the conversations with them about how to do things how to drive a golf cart, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do when you get right. to the golf course? Um, you know, where do you park? Where do you put your clubs? You know, how many clubs do you, what do you bring with you when you're hitting a shot? All that kind of thing. So um, it, I, I actually love teaching beginners even more so than very seasoned players because they're such sponges and they get so excited about, Oh, I never knew that. That's going to make it so yeah. much easier. And it could be something as mundane as, the the tees that are on the golf cart have little lines on them. And when you're hitting your driver, only stick it into the first line. When you're hitting, you know, a, a seven iron from up on a par three, stick it into the second line. Oh, I never knew that. That's great. <laughs> you know, it's little things like that that they never they didn't even have the opportunity to think of. So. Right, and yeah, and you're you're right. There's so many things, and and I agree with you. I think sometimes working with with newer students is actually in some ways for a professional more enjoyable because it's almost like you've, you've got a, a lump of clay that's just been put down and you can kind of mold it in in a way, you know what I mean? Like you can kind of work and mold it. Yeah. And, and if something's not going right, you can, you can shift directions a little bit and find something that does work better for them. And you're exactly right. And they're more apt to, to want to um, learn, um, you right. know, like a sponge that'll absorb pretty much everything that you tell them. Whereas, you know, when you're working with somebody that's been around for a little while and they've, you know, maybe had two or three instructors over their lifetime and, well, you know, or they've watched every YouTube video that you can imagine, um, you know, it's more about, well, I, (laughs) you know, I saw this on, on YouTube last week and this guy said you shouldn't be doing this. And, and you spend more of your time sort of defending positions than actually working on the things that is going to help their game. Do you, Gail, just to follow up from some of what you just, yeah. Well, exactly. And, and Cindy, I know, would agree with that as well. I mean, that sometimes can be a, a little bit annoying, but, you know, it is part of part of the, the business. Um, just in, in sort of to follow up on some of what you talked about um, for, for newcomers to the game, do you also, in addition to showing them, you know, things about the cart and so on and so forth, do you kind of walk them through the facility a little bit and, and help them to understand that, you know, when it comes time to booking tea times or it comes time to, to doing certain things, kind of get, show them the lay of the land? Because a lot of people, you're right, they pull up, they have not a clue on what to do. Right. They pull up in the parking lot right. and they're they're like, you know, they're looking around and say, well, where do I go and what do I do? Do you kind of walk them through that process a little bit? I know some of the stuff you well, said, for, but for, what about actually taking, fortunately yeah, or taking un- them in? Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately for me, I'm at a club where they have um, some people that do member services like that. They do do a little tour, a little okay. 101 type of thing. Um, right. I, I find the people that are usually doing that, though, are not quite as versed and as experienced as in the game. Um, I always try to, you know, 
I always tell them there's no dumb questions. Uh, and just because I've been mm-hmm. doing it a long time doesn't mean I, I might skip something over because it just didn't occur to me that you don't know that. So ask anything. Right. And so I do get lots of questions about, you know, even so far as to what do I do when I, when I come to play and I have to ride with somebody that I don't like, you know, it, it's, how do you manage that? And that's part of that's part of getting deeper into the game where you're managing your human skills and you're managing you on the golf course and not allowing outside distractions to bother you on the golf course. And so that gets, you know, I, I just spent 18 weeks doing um, some a coursework with Vision 54 on just that. And it's something that I learned stuff during those 18 weeks that I thought, yeah, you know, that happens. And, and I'm bad at managing that. So, it's helped me help my my students sort of enjoy the game more. And when they when they uh, when they realize that it's not a technical thing every time they swing the golf club. Sometimes it's just you're holding on to the club too tight. It's tension, and that's manageable. Um, but you do get I get all the time. I, I saw this on YouTube. My favorite is, well, how come how come that that Dustin Johnson can swing like this and hold the club like this and do this? And, and that it, when I try it, it doesn't work. Well, yeah, because it's you, <laughs> you know, and, and right. I, I follow bio swing dynamics. So I like to teach by, by how your, your, your swing is going to be based on how your body makeup is. And so that allows me to say to them, listen, you're never going to get your hands as high in the backswing as Dustin Johnson is. It's physically, it's not impossible, but it's physically a disadvantage for you to try to do that. But because your arm, your arms are short, you're going to swing a little flatter. So how about we just feel like, you know, try to do this and try to feel like the, the club's just sort of sitting on your shoulder at the, at the top of your backswing. And they go, oh, it feels so much better. Exactly. We don't want to right. try to dire- direct the club in a way that's unnatural. So um, it, it's, it is a challenge. I, I, I will absolutely admit it when it's, you know, YouTube videos and books and articles. And, and I write, oh. so I know. <laughs> I try to write in a way that is um, easy to understand and not too technical, so they don't—they don't know I need, you know, I need, I need to be in this position in the backswing. My hands need to be doing this, and no, no, let's let's not worry too much about that. So, um, it, it's always a challenge, and I find myself watching the, some of those some of those things and going, oh, no, no. <laughs> right. Well, now, and, and let me just add. You know, yeah, let me just. Yeah, let me yeah, just add a little disclaimer ahead. in there too um, uh, about the videos and that. Um, there are a lot of great instructors, um, you know, yep. some some here that put their put their work up there. So I want to I don't want to take away from from those qualified people that are are just simply putting it up there for for people to see. Um, that's not what True. I'm talking about, I, and I know you know that. I'm talking about the, the you know the the Mister Fix It and 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 they're going to yes. show you the the easiest way to accomplish it. They really have no skill set whatsoever. Uh, right. It's something that they tried, and and you know that's what I, that I'm talking about. I know you knew that, but I just don't want the listeners yeah, to misunderstand. You know, you, There's some you, good content. If you, there is some great contact out there. If you if you have an instructor, if you have a Cindy Miller who has great videos, mm-hmm. follow her. Don't jump around to 18 different people. Um, and that's where yeah. people get confused. Is they read every article and they watch every show on the Golf Channel and they try every little thing. Um, that, that's where you, if you watch that, go to your instructor and ask them, okay, I saw this on the Golf Channel. Does this apply to me? Because a lot of times there's just not, no, you've had two knee replacements and a hip replacement. That, you can't make that swing move. 
So it, it, right. and you know they know that in their head. It's just they're just trying. Everyone wants that little secret, right, to get a little better. Right. And, and <laughs> I do too. I'm still searching for it. <laughs> we we all do. And we're are, we're I mean, all guilty great of that. Content out there for sure. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got uh, some more things you wanted to ask Gail. What do you love most about teaching? Oh, you know, Cindy, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I got to play as a career, to be on the outside of the ropes to help create opportunities for other people to play. And then I came back, and I, now I'm standing on the lesson tee every day. And that, this is the part of my golfing career that I absolutely am loving, loving, loving the most. And I think the, most, the, the thing that I love the most about it is seeing somebody – get that feel that I know that I get when I hit a great shot. You know, the, the club swings effortlessly and the ball clicks off the club face and it soars in the air and it goes where you want to. And they get so excited. It makes me excited. So, you know, it's kind of that I, I get a kick out of, of people really kind of getting what it is that they're trying to accomplish and being proud that they did it. You know, it, it's we're so hard on ourselves in the game. And, and when someone hits the shot that they want to, it's like, okay, so now let's find out how we can make that repeat. And let's see if we can maybe do it instead of one time out of 10, let's do it five times out of 10, and let's try to get it to 10 times out of 10. So that's the good part. Awesome. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, have you got another Another question you want to ask? I don't. You can go. <laughs> All right. Let me. Okay. Well, I'm. I listen. You know, I've got so many questions that uh, we could be here for the next six hours. Unfortunately, we don't have that much time. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something. You know, in our current environment, with with um, sort of the the stopping of of tournaments for for several months here, as we mm-hmm. we're dealing with this pandemic. Um. How do you see players? I mean, many of them are, are doing things, have done things at home, practicing and stuff, but it's still not the same as tournament play. You know yourself from being right. a, a, a professional golfer, it's not the same thing as going out there and grinding it out against your competitors. As we start to un- unravel and open up again, uh, in some cases on the tours, what would you suggest if you were if you were coaching a player right now what would be the thing that you would say to them to, to be able to get back and refocus? Because it's not an easy sort of dormant for a few months, and, and you can practice all you want, but again, it, you know what I'm talking about. It's not the same. What's the conversation yeah. you're going to have with a student that's uh, that's going back out on tour? Well, I think they, they need to, you know, they're all get, they're all so excited to get back out there. And I'm watching players on Twitter and on Facebook and, and Instagram chomping at the bit to get back out there. And you know, you want to hit the ground running when you get out there, which means you need to be prepared. So you've had a lot of time to prepare and look at how you are preparing for that, but you haven't had time to test that preparation. So leading up to, you know, you've got, I think the LPGA is middle of July. So they've got time to try to play in some events that are happening that, you know, so there's some mini tour events that are happening or just go out and play with fellow professionals and put something on the line for it. And make it as close to that situation as you possibly can make it to being on the golf uh, on the golf course with um, you know the score having to count. I think you know you saw it a little bit last week at Colonial with the men, 
Um, lots of, mm-hmm. you know, the great, the great names on the leaderboard, but you started to see people fold near the end of the tournament. You know, Rory was gung-ho. He shot 63 the one day, and then where did he finish? <laughs> and that, you know, golf is like that, but it's, we haven't, they haven't been able to test themselves enough. So I think part of it really, there needs to be a conversation about patience and understanding that this is not unlike any other time of the season, except that mm-hmm. you haven't been playing on a consistent basis. So you, you, you're coming out after, it's like coming out after a two or three week, you know, middle, mid-season, you, you typically take two weeks off in the middle of season. You come out and you're, you'll, you will be rusty. And that's okay. Right. Everybody else will be too. So, you, but you need to be patient with yourself and, and not try to force things. Um, hopefully, during this time, they've they've really worked hard on um, the, the ball striking and the short game and the, and the things, the technical skills that will get them to the top of the leaderboard. The hard part is the mental part of it and the staying focused. So, um, you know, there's uh, LPGA has a relationship with Headspace, which is a meditation mm-hmm. app. And um, I think that's something that you're going to see more players talk about in the future is how meditation and really being focused is going to give them the opportunity to stay calm and focused in situations where they maybe haven't been in, in on a regular basis um, for a long time. So, you know, I think that's a kind of a, a something that I would tell someone is to, to go and seek that out and test it out and see if you can sit for a minute without, you know, focused on one thing. Because we're so, you know, and now too, we're all over our phones, we're all over our iPads, we're all over computers, and, and television, right. we're watching, we're so much stimulation, and on the golf course, there's none of that. So step away from that before you head out there and, and try to find that quiet place in your, in your head um, that just allows you to be you and to play like you. Yeah, that's some great advice. And I think the other thing that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of the tour players is, you know, not having to look over your shoulder every two seconds to see whether a fan is is going to be, you know, stepping on a, you know, a, a twig and snapping a twig in the middle of your backswing. And, you know, so there, that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of players as well, especially on the oh, bigger yeah. tours, you know, the LPGA and the PGA, because they're used to having crowds and now all of a sudden, it's just the, the birds chirping and, uh, you know, a, a cricket here or a bullfrog or something. Um, that's going to be an adjustment mentally as well. But let me just t- circle back just to, for a second. I want to ask you something. You know, we, we had a few tournaments, obviously, early in the season. And you know as, as, as well as anybody that when you come fresh off a win, especially early in the season, you've won the first tournament of the year, you know, or second or what have you. And you, you kind of have that momentum, you kind of have that, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt. That also mm-hmm. is difficult, is it not? I mean, that's where, really where your mental part of your game has to take place. Because you know you've got the physical game, you've won the tournament, uh, but now all of a sudden right. you can't play for the next seven months. Um, is that right. a similar conversation, do you think? Uh, or is that going to shift even more so because they no longer have that momentum to build, to feed off of? I think so. I think, I think they may feel like they've lost their advantage. You know, they had right. they had an advantage by having being at the top of their game and, and mentally and physically and and then all of a sudden that the advantage was stripped away from them. So it really is it's it's a fresh start. Um so for those players that weren't playing great, it's a huge opportunity to improve what you've been doing. For those at the top, it's maintaining what you've been doing. And they got there. 
so they know how they got there as long as they've, you know, I think given themselves time away, but then being able to come back and be focused in that same way. I, I do think you're right. It, it's, a, it's a total adjustment to go out there and not have anybody out there to, when you hit a great shot, to cheer you on or, um, mm-hmm. you know, to eat. I think photographers need to be really careful because you'll really be right. able to hear those clicks of, of, of the camera more, but um, right. it's, a, it's a new reality that they all should be, you know, trying to adjust to. I think trying to stay focused is going to be one of the hard parts with nobody out there. Because when there's people watching, you know, there's that level of, well, I, I got to pull this out, the shot off because people are watching. They're, you know, you don't, you don't consciously think that, but it, it's there. It's in, it's in your mind. And then it's a different pressure there. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, it's staying different... focused, it's, it's more like you're out there. It's going to be more like you're out there playing with your friends, which is, is going to be hard to stay focused in that time. And maybe that's what we saw uh, last week at Colonial, you know, um, Xander Shaffley missed that putt on 17 and, and it was short. It was the easy, it was a three footer, you know, that's like no, no brainer to him. And, and he lifted it out and ended up, you know, one shot out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's that staying focused part. And, and it, that comes with practice. Um, and it comes with experience and, and by experience, I mean, doing it over and over again. So it's tough. I mean, those people, uh, hopefully they're not resenting the fact that, <laughs> you know, it, it's not like they just shut down because they shut down. Everybody had to do it. We right. had to do it for a reason. So everybody's in the same boat. So, um, right. yeah. it's going to be interesting to see who comes out right away uh, out of the gate and, and is, is up there at the top a lot. Um, I think you're going to see the same, well, a lot of the same players um, as nor yeah. as we've seen in the past, but I think you're going to see some newbies come out too because they've had extra time to really work on things. And I'm going to well, tell you got that a lot you're of... going to watch Christina Kim because I think oh, she's yeah. been I've on been a mission. She's lost 60 pounds. Yeah, yep. you better look mm-hmm. out because she's on a mission. Again, and you know, all mission... of a sudden you, yeah, you see these people show up, yeah, but you haven't seen the year of work they've put in behind the scenes. Right, and the, and with with uh, the last thing I saw was sit with uh, Christina. She's been working on shot making, so mm-hmm. she you know she's got one shot that's still eluding her a little bit, and she's been working her tail off to to get that shot. And I can't remember what it was. It was a high draw, I think, or a high fade. It was one of those two. But she you know she wants to be able to hit that shot on command when she needs to, and she I think she said it. I love a straight ball, but sometimes you can't hit the straight ball. <laughs> But she has, and then that's a player that I think you're going to see all of a sudden sort of come from nowhere, even though she's been around for a long time, but she's been busting her rear end to really be in a position, and and she's taken advantage of the time. She sure has. Right, exactly. Yeah, we had her on a few weeks ago, right, Cindy? And and she was really, really excited. And and plus she's playing those swanky new PXG clubs that she's really excited about, she's really enjoying. So so she's not only – She's uh, got the physical part um, that she's got under under check, if you will, and now she's got a, a brand new uh, equipment uh, line that she's excited to get out and use. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be awesome. ex- exciting to see. I'm um, I'm I'm getting tired of watch, watching Netflix movies and you know Hulu, <laughs> Hulu and all of this stuff. I'm looking forward to some golf, and I'm tired. You know, I love watching these old tournaments, but you can only watch so many reruns of of you know the the 1975 whatever masters and so on and so forth so it's time for some fresh stuff coming out but uh, 
Ted, Ted, I'll take the 1986 Masters. I'll watch that one over and over and over and over no, and over. And yeah, over. that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one's a classic for sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah, listen, we we love having you on the show, and unfortunately, we've we've got to wrap up, and we'll we'll have you on again, uh, maybe a little bit later on the season, Cindy. Don't you think when when the season, uh, assuming it it opens up on time, um, yes. from what they're predicting now, but. Um, We'll have you come back and we'll we'll continue the conversation. It's uh, thirty minutes wasn't enough uh, this time around, but uh, that's all we could we could spare. But um, Gail, thank you very mm-hmm. much as always for it's it's a pleasure and and um, it, it's nice to have a fellow Canadian on the show. So I don't feel uh, outnumbered <laughs> all the time. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you guys, I, I enjoyed it, and, and you guys stay safe and healthy, and and let's keep all the golfers out there safe and healthy as well. Absolutely. You as Thanks, well. Thanks, honey. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That was that was our very special guest this morning, uh, Gail Graham, uh, LPJ Teaching Club professional, and uh, member on the Legends Tour as well. Uh, enjoying her her uh, time down in Naples, Florida. I could hear. I don't know if you did or not, Cindy, but I could actually hear the birds chirping in the background. <laughs> well, she was standing on the that lesson tee with her students. So, kind of nice. Yeah, it was actually kind of nice. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to be back next week uh, again with another great guest and part two of your first trip to the golf courses, uh, what you need to know um, in an OPS zone. So make sure you join us. On behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in this morning uh, to the Women of Golf Show. We'll see you next week. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.